Well, last Sunday I preached a message on the Holy Spirit and uh, really desired, wanted to preach this morning uh, a second message on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Lord definitely used last Sunday's message and I've, I studied and prepared. Um, but actually I'm going to preach that this evening. Um, so if you're interested or would like to hear that second message on the Holy Spirit, uh, the last week we dealt with the ministry that the Holy Spirit has with regards to convicting us. And this evening I'm going to deal with uh, the aspect or fact that we as Christians have the power to grieve the Holy Spirit. And we need to be, uh, we're warned in the scriptures to grieve not the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I'm going to talk about that in the service this evening. Uh, but this morning, uh, I'm getting back to, uh, I don't know, it's, there's some seed thoughts that I started many years ago, and I kind of let them percolate and over time develop. And as new ideas come to me, I add to the list. And so back in 2021, I began a series entitled Just a Word. And uh, that was when the word forgiveness grabbed a hold of me, and I just really pondered and was thinking about that idea of being forgiven. And uh, so over the last couple of years, I've preached some different messages uh, dealing with different words that just have a lot of meaning to us. One particular word that just really reaches out and grabs our heart. And when we talk about it, it has a lot of meaning for us. Some of those that we've looked at are the ministry, uh, mercy, holiness, sacrifice. These are words that really grab a hold of us. And just that word by itself has a message in it. Just one word and in and of itself has a message. And this morning, I would like us to consider the word delivered. Delivered. Just a word, but delivered. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 116 this morning. Psalms 116. We're going to see here what David has to say about the word delivered. This word throughout the week here has gripped my heart as it did the heart of David in our text. Um, if you were to consider any Bible character that has had firsthand knowledge of this word, firsthand knowledge of being delivered, I suppose most any of us would consider David. For we recall that when he went to fight that great giant, he said to him that the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. We know that David was delivered from the jealous anger of Saul. That many times in David's rule as king, he was delivered from the presence of his enemies. We know that that took place over and over again. And we know that David was delivered from his own foolish sin. And so somebody that had certainly experienced and knew about being delivered, we hear him speak of it in this psalm here. Would you look with me, beginning in verse number 1, follow along as we read to verse number 9, and then we're going to come back and read our text verse, verse number 7. He says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication, because he hath inclined his ears unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me. The pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. 
I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Back at our text, verse number seven, return unto the rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Would you bow and pray with me as we begin this morning? Lord, we come to you and as our hearts and minds are drawn to this passage of scripture this morning and we are going to ponder this idea of being delivered, the thought is presented here in this text by David who certainly had experienced the deliverance of God in his life over and over again. And I know that in our midst here today, there are many who have experienced God's deliverance. And there are some, Lord, who this morning need to be delivered from a trial, from a heartache, from, a, from, a, from something going, Lord, in their life that it seems as though there's no way out of it. But we know, God, that you can deliver them. We pray, Lord, that you would work mightily in this service. May we be encouraged and challenged and rejoice in the deliverance that's brought in and through your hand. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, David said God dealt bountifully with him. What is it that he believed was the cause of God's bounty? What is it that he was most thankful for? Was he thankful that he was delivered from Saul? Was he praising that he was delivered from the lion or the bear? Was he thankful or saying, hey, God's been bountifully with me because he delivered me from the giant? No. We see in the text here three things that he says he was delivered from, which we'll get to in our outline here. But we see in verse number eight, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, my feet from falling. We see, first of all, here this morning in the text, I want you to look at his worship, David's worship in verses one through four. He tells us he just he's praising God. He's thanking God. He says, boy, I love the Lord because I wonder this morning what you would say. What would you put in that blank? If you somebody asked you, why do you love the Lord? Let me ask you, why do you love the Lord? You can just call it out. Somebody you say, well, I love the Lord because of this. What would somebody say? I love the Lord. Because he has saved your soul. I love the Lord because you've been forgiven. I love the Lord because he loves me. He loves me. Uh, you know, we could, we could take a little bit of time. And as we began to ponder and think about that, as we do sometimes when we have the Lord's Supper, we pause and think about our motivation for our love for him. And there are so many things that we can say he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He has mercy that is renewed every morning. He, he is good all the time and all the time he is good. I love the Lord because and, and we could exhaust the time that we have available to us and not even touch the beginning of the subject for our motivation for why we love him. Amen. But David says here a couple of things that we can note. He says, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. 
Are you glad this morning that you can cry out to God and know that he hears you? That we can pray and seek his face and know that he is a God that is ever-present help in time of need. We can come to him and carry our burdens to him and know that he hears and answers our prayer. Paul said, I love the Lord because he hears my voice, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live. Dave says, as long as I'm alive. As long as I have a voice to speak, I'm going to call on God because I know God hears. I know God is inclined to listen. I know that I can call on him and I love God for that. Boy, we're so thankful for these matchless things that we have because we're children of God. David is thankful for it. He knows that God hears his cry. He says, as long as God's going to listen... I'm going to keep on talking. I'm just going to keep lifting up my voice. I know some kids like that. <laughs> they just, they'll just keep on talking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, we're going to play a game. <laughs> How long can you keep your mouth shut? <laughs> How long can you go without saying a word, you know? Oh, you didn't make it in one minute. <laughs> like, that was a long time. You know, it's just, they just want to talk. They just want to express themselves. My children are laughing because they know somebody like that. But David, man, aren't you glad this morning that God doesn't look for you to stop talking? He says, as long as I have a voice, I'm going to lift it up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God. I love God this morning. He just in worship to him. And why shouldn't he cry to God? David had known some real pain. He had endured some trouble. He had felt some heartache. He says here in the text, he says, boy, the sorrows of death compassed me. The pain of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble. I found sorrow. Listen, in the midst of your trouble and sorrow, you can go to God. You can turn to him. You can lift your voice and know that he hears you. We see secondly this morning David's witness in verses 5 through 8. He says, gracious is the Lord and righteous Even though David had gone through some sorrow, even though he knew the pain and heartache of loss and he had felt it, he had endured this, he he had been so low, he wasn't sure it was worth living. Yet he says here, God is gracious. God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. He says, I was brought low and he helped me. And then David begins to talk to himself. He says, return unto thy rest, O my soul. Have you ever talked to yourself? You know, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I think sometimes we just need to talk to ourselves. You need to just tell yourself, listen, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop living down in the dumps or underneath the circumstances. Come on, self. 
There's, you've got no cause, no reason, no purpose to be down there. You, you have a God who is a creator of the universe that hears your cry and he answers prayer. You've got the, you've got the God that's listening, inclining his ear to you. And man, he is merciful and his mercies are renewed every morning. And he's been good to you. And look at how he's been good to you. He's done this and he's done this and he's done this. And you start pondering and thinking about how good God has been. And he'll encourage you. It will strengthen you. Sometimes you might just need to do what David did and talk to yourself. He says, oh, my soul, return unto thy rest, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. I'll tell you what, if you look at yourself and you're down in the dumps and feeling sorry for yourself and, uh, you know, just having your old pity party, you might need to say, hey, self, come on, God's dealt bountifully with thee. God's been good to you. Look at how God's been good to you. I'm not saying you don't have a struggle. I'm not saying you aren't carrying a burden. I ain't saying you don't have heartache or a prayer request. But over it all, we know that God's been good. David said God's been bountiful. He says, for thou hast delivered my soul. David was delivered. He was delivered from death here. That delivered is to be removed or pulled free. To be saved, to be lifted, to pulled pulled out. I think about one of our very first men and boys campouts. Andrew was quite young. I don't even know how young. But he was uh, out. Do you know? You were using a net? Okay, he was trying to catch a fish on the end of a dock at Cusimano's house. And uh, I was probably from here to Jake and Amanda away. I was, you know, talking to some men. But as a parent, you, you got that right. You know, you got your eye kind of just watching the kids. And he's out on the dock and using a net trying to catch these fish. And he fell in. And uh, I saw him fall. And so I ran from where I was all the way to the end of the dock, waited for him to come up out of the water, and grabbed him and pulled him out of there. I lifted him up. Now, of course, he wasn't, wasn't old enough to know how to swim yet. He couldn't swim, but I knew he wasn't dead yet, so I, <laughs> I didn't see any need to get wet. I just... <laughs> there he's going he's gonna to float up in a minute, you know? But I saved his life. I remember just a year later or two years later, on that same dock, which is why we don't have men and boys camped out there anymore. No, <laughs> just kidding. On that same dock, uh, was it Silas? Silas, Brother Jordan's son, walked off the end of that dock. He just walked off and didn't, I don't know what he was thinking. He just walked off the end of the just like... Won't right in. But Pastor Derek was there helping somebody like put a fishing uh, worm on a, on a rod or something. And Pastor Derek didn't hesitate. He jumped right in, grabbed the kid. They both came up out of the water all soaking wet, you know, and, and covered. And I actually have a picture of that when he came out of the water and saved his life. But uh, he delivered him. He pulled him out, delivered him from death. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He delivered us from death. Are you saved today? Have you been delivered? 
Just as God, as I pondered this and thought about it, I just was struck with how amazing this thought is that God delivered David, the psalmist of Israel. He delivered his soul from death. But you know what? God has delivered me. God has delivered you. I know we think about the psalmist of Israel, David, that that great man, the guy that killed Goliath, the king, the man after God's own heart. Oh, yeah, God delivered him. But God has delivered you and I. He, He has delivered us from death. What a privilege to know that our soul has been delivered. Now, beloved, he says here that he said, my soul has been delivered from death. He didn't say my body has been delivered from death. You and I understand that the fact of the matter is if the Lord tarries, the day is going to come where this body is going to take its last breath. But who I am, my soul has been delivered from death. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how famous you are. One day, if the Lord tarries, you're going to take your last breath and pass away. There was uh, this last year in, in 2022, there were 30 what are believed to be celebrities. I don't know most of them, but I looked it up. There's 30 celebrities that passed away. Didn't matter how rich they were. Anywhere from the age of 34 to 94 or 95, I think. You know, in 2021, there was 27 billionaires that died. Didn't matter how much money they had. The day is going to come when this whole body does take its last breath. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about being delivered from, from death as far as just physically dying. You say, well, what, what is he saying then? Well, if you want to look at it, why don't you turn over to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 20. We're going to be back to Psalms in a minute, so just keep your finger there. In Revelation chapter 20, we see the deliverance that he's talking about. In Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11 through verse number 15, he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Can I tell you that's what you've been delivered from. If you've been saved today, this is what you've been delivered from. You don't, God prepared hell for the devil and his angels. And when you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, put your complete trust in him, you're delivered from that second death. Physically, we might, this whole body might pass away, but if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, hallelujah, if you've been delivered, you don't have to experience that second death. You're going to be able to spend an eternity in a place called heaven. Not only was he delivered from death, but we see David was delivered from tears. There is certainly the aspect of directly being delivered from shedding tears. But you understand, in order to be delivered from shedding tears, what it means is I was delivered from experiencing the pain that would have caused those tears. It's not just like with my children, I would look at them and say, dry it up. 
you know, they're, they're crying. They fell down and skinned their knee or something. And, they're, ah! and I would say, that's enough. That's enough. And, and they would, <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying not to cry, you know, hold it in. I delivered them from tears. Amen. <laughs> that's not what God's talking about. God saying he's delivered you from tears means he's taken away that thing that you experienced. Miss Mary Ellen is just more and more upset at me every time I, <laughs> I tell stories about my kids. She's like, you were the most horrible father. <laughs> yeah, I need somebody like that to keep me humble. Amen. <laughs> my poor children. Yeah. That's not what God's talking about, being delivered from, you know, just like just dry it up and, and or somehow just take those tears away. What he's saying is he's removed you from experiencing that heartache, that trial, that burden, that test, whatever it was that would have caused or brought those fears. David knew that he had been delivered from this. It's not that we're going to be able to avoid every heartache, every tear, every time. It's, it's, that's not what God is saying, but... I don't think we'll know fully until we get to heaven how many times God delivered us. How many things that we would have had to experience, how much heartache, how much pain we would have had to experience, but God delivered us. We know David experienced heartache. He went through pain. I remember when his son Absalom died, he said, Absalom, oh, Absalom, would to God I would have died for thee. He, he knew loss. He knew, he knew some heartache. But in the midst of it all, he understood that God had delivered him. Even in the storm, he knew that God was good. And even as he going through a difficult time, he could see God's hand with him. You know, beloved, as believers, we are never without hope. That's the thing. No matter how dark the day is, you and I have hope. We can know that God is there on the other side of the cloud. We know that God is there in the midst of the storm. We are never without hope. Even in a great trial, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Would you turn to Isaiah 43? Isaiah 43. We know that no matter what, beloved, we have hope. And so we are not as those that sorrow and have no hope. We are never in a situation as a believer, no matter how dark the day, that we don't have hope. And so we can have joy and we can know that God is in control and we can go through that test without the sorrow that others would endure. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, he says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he formed thee, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Beloved, when you go through it, you know you have God with you. You have his Hope in every situation, no matter how dark it is. He was delivered from death. He was delivered from tears. And he was delivered from falling. Now, those that 
understand Greek much greater than I, and I'm not going to get into the Greek, but I just felt it was noteworthy that the word here with this description of this falling is, is much more than just stumbling. It has in it the idea of being knocked down. But not just knocked down once, but knocked down again and again and again. Being beaten down. Being knocked down over and over and over again, not able to get up. You know that's what the enemy would like to do to us? Boy, Satan loves to kick you when you're down. He loves to keep you down. He loves to try and hold you down. You fall and stumble and you think, boy, I need to get up. But Satan would want to knock you down again. And what David was saying is that God has kept me from staying down. God has kept me from falling and not being able to get back up. We know David had some experiences in his life where he did stumble, where he fell into sin and did that which was wrong. There's no question. God recorded those for us in the word that we know he went through those things, but he also knew that with God's strength, he could get back up. He could be forgiven. He could know the joy of the Lord again, and he could go on and do what God wanted him to do. That's what he's saying. He delivered me from falling, from being knocked down over and over, from not being able to rise again and know and experience God's victory anymore. God is a God that always wants you to get up. You remember doubting Thomas? I will not believe except I touch you know, you would look at the Lord Jesus. He was not afraid of rebuking people. But he knew that's not what Thomas needed. He came to doubting Thomas and he could have just, what in the world? You've walked with me all these days. You've heard all these lessons I've taught. Did nothing sink in? How in the world could you doubt? I told you I was going to rise again three days later. But he didn't do that. What did Thomas say? He says, I need to touch his hand. When he came in Jesus' presence, Jesus said, here, take my hand. Can I tell you this morning that God is holding his hand out for you? Maybe you've been knocked down by Satan. He's pushed you down and made you think that you can't get up, but God is holding his hand out for you. And he's saying, take my hand. I want to lift you up. I want to keep you from falling. He's holding his hand out to you this morning, whatever you're going through. Your faith may be weak, but can you reach up and take the Father's hand? His hand is not shortened that it cannot help. Lastly, this morning, I want you to see David's walk in verse number nine. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Beloved, as a result of knowing God's deliverance, of experiencing God bringing him through the storm, by testimony this morning, how many of you would say, I know God's delivered me? Amen. God's delivered me. He's delivered me. Maybe you would say, I know at least God's delivered my soul from death. I know that I'm on my way to heaven this morning. Amen. Amen. But, what, but what about 
what about beyond that? Maybe you've been through some things in your life, and I know some situations in this room right now that people are playing for deliverance. They need God to do something miraculous in their life. But maybe you've been through that in the past sometime, and you could look at it and say, boy, I know God's brought me through. Would you say amen? Amen. Well, what David said here, he says, because I know God's delivered me, I have to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. What he's saying, he says, as long as I have breath, I'll use my voice to sing for God. As long as I have two feet and I can walk around, as long as I'm upright in this world, the land of the living, I'm going to do what I can do to honor and glorify God. As long as I have hands, I'm going to use them to work for God. As long as I have ears to hear, I'm going to listen to God. As long as I have a voice to sing, I'm going to sing for God. I'm going to, as long as I'm among the land of the living, boy, all God's done for me, all he's delivered me from over and over and over again from the paw of a and the paw of the bear, the jealousy of Saul and my enemies that were encompassed about me over and over, God has delivered me. How can I not walk with him all my days? If we've experienced God's deliverance, that should be a motivation for us to say, man, the least I can do is take him by the hand and walk with him while I'm living, while I have voice. Just reach to the outstretched hand of the Father and begin walking with Him. Listen, a father has no greater joy than to know that his children are walking in truth. You want to put a smile on your Heavenly Father's face? Walk with Him. Walk with Him. David said, God's been so good to me, there's nothing else that I could do. songwriter said, tis the grandest theme through the ages rung. Tis the grandest thing for mortal tongue. Tis the grandest theme that the world ever sung. Our God is able to deliver thee. He's able to deliver thee. Though by sin oppressed, go to him for rest. Our God is able to deliver thee. If you're here this morning and you haven't experienced the delivering power of God, I want you to know he's able. He's able. And if you had, then I implore you to take him by the hand and walk with him today.